to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello, I'm Robert Gerrish and thanks for joining us for another Flying Solo Podcast. This episode is one of a three-part series brought to you by ANZ, where our expert guests bring you strategies and ideas to help boost your business and profits. If you own a business, ANZ could help ease your cash flow pressures with flexible solutions like a business overdraft. Applications for credit subject to ANZ's normal credit approval criteria. For details, just search ANZ Business. To catch the other episodes in the series and get more business advice, head to flyingsolo.com.au forward slash ANZ business. Today, my guest is Rhys Roberts, and we're exploring how to get paid well for your work. Hello, Rhys. Hello, Robert. Look, it's good to be speaking with you. You're well known around the uh, Flying Solo community over the years, so it's great to uh, be back having a chat with you. Now, from our research at Flying Solo, we know that having sufficient revenue is a fairly major, well, a major concern for many members of the community. But the endless pursuit of new clients and customers isn't the only path to take. Would you agree with that? Oh, yes, absolutely. So we where do we go? What, what, what other options do you think are open to us? I, th- I think the first thing is really valuing the existing relationships you have with clients. You can spend mm. a lot of time uh, trying to build new relationships, trying to uh, attract new clients. And quite often the first, client, the first question a new client will ask is about price. So they're yes. always keen to get, to get a good price. Once you've got a history with a client, once you've got a rel- an ongoing relationship with them, they become less price sensitive. I'm not saying that you should mm. be you know, gouging clients or whatever, but they, they certainly value the work you're doing. They value the, the advice you provide. They, they, um, they value the skills you bring. And, and price starts to become less of an issue. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? You know, and, but um, as business owners, I think I think we sort of forget that. You know, there seems, and I, I, you know, I know we're going to go across a, top, a couple of sort of areas here. But you know, I, I do think that um, a number of businesses, when they've got clients, they're kind of concerned about whoever adjusting their prices. But you're so right. If people are with us and they're staying with us, they're clearly understanding our value, aren't they? Yeah, they absolutely. And I think it's really important to constantly uh, communicate with your clients so that they, they you, you reinforce the value delivering to them. Um, clients can tend to go through a bit of a, um, a sort of almost become blasé. They, they, you first start working with them and they're, they're getting a really poor level of service. And you work, walk into that client and deliver a service they're really happy with. And then after a year or two, that becomes the new normal and they forget where they came from. Mm. So you have to constantly communicate to them and reinforce what you are doing and, and explain to them, uh, you know, particularly in, in the bookkeeping and accounting world, there's a bit of a tendency for people to sort of sit quiet in the corner and do their work mm. and never actually do very much by way of communication. So I encourage all my team to talk you know, constantly with their clients yes. and, uh, and, and really add value and show how they're adding value. So more than just you know, doing the books. So let, let's say, uh, I'm going to chuck you on the spot yes. here, but I know you're good with this. So let's imagine we've got, uh, let's say we've got a, a tradesperson, right? Um, is that a good example? I'll run with it anyway. Um, you know, he's had a, a client that they're doing this kind of repeat work with. How do we, how do you suggest, what sort of communication does that person use to 
kind of re-emphasize value? How do they do that? I think I mean, value is a great question because it's you know value in the eye of the client. So you know we we can easily do things and spend lots of time doing stuff that feels important to us. Mm. But that doesn't matter. It's it's value to the client. It's what the client perceives as as valuable. Um, and uh, and to do that, you know, to have to understand what the client wants. You know, what what's, yeah. what's their uh, motivation? What are their needs? What, what do they want from the relationship with you? If you've got a good understanding of that, then you can actually work towards delivering that value. This is number one. Sure. Um, but you also need to explain to them what you're doing and make sure that you know you're all on the same page uh, and that what you what you're delivering really is adding value. Um, but then, if you're bringing a, a level of expertise, you can almost always do whatever that thing is, whether it's, whether it's sure. a, a, you know, a, a plumber fixing a tap or somebody at home right now mowing my lawn, I hope, uh, or <laughs> whether it's me delivering bookkeeping services to my clients. Yeah. Um, you know, we can do it better than the recipient can do it themselves, much yes. more efficiently yes. and at a much lower cost. And so the value there is in terms of freeing up their time giving them a level of confidence it's been being mm. done really well. I could repair a tap, but I'd be a bit nervous it might start leaking again. Yeah. It's great to just know it's being done to a really high level of, of sure. uh, you know, standard. But do you think as a, as a business, like, okay, let's, I think your bookkeeping example is probably a better one. If you've got one of your team who's out doing some bookkeeping for a small business, yep. do you kind of suggest to them that they really ask the client, like, what are you, how are you finding um, you know, the, the, uh, how are you benefiting? How are you getting value from what I do for you? Is that do we are we that open and that overt? We can be. I we certainly can be, but it's also there's lots of lots of cues you get from clients and and lots of of cues that you can pick up from experience with other clients. So the things that people typically require, they'll ask you to lodge a baz. But actually, then when you say um, you know here's your baz and it's due for payment on Tuesday they'll say, oh, can we delay paying it? And they don't really want to delay paying it. What they really want to do is make sure that when the payroll falls due on Thursday, they can, make, they can pay that payroll. Sure. And if delaying paying the BAS by a week is the, the, uh, the, the safeguard to guarantee that they can pay the payroll, that's what they'll do. And then they do pay the BAS the following week. Sure. So what they're really saying is not can I delay paying the BAS, it's really can you do me a cash flow forecast? Yes. So that I know that I can pay the, the BAS when it falls due and still have enough money in the bank to pay the payroll the following week. Yep. And so we encourage our team to actually uh, you know, just drill into what the client's concerns are. And, and cash flow, cash, short-term cash flow forecasting for most, most small businesses is, is the number one oh, value sure. add. It's sure. just people look at it and they go, I don't know how to do this stuff. Right. Um, they know that they haven't quite enough, got enough cash right now to pay both those two liabilities. But if you can work through a cash flow with them, Yes. That's a huge weight off their mind. Yeah, look, that's a good point. And I guess what you're, again, just translating that for our listeners into other sort of businesses is what you're doing is, yes, understanding what needs to be done, but then making sure that I suppose that you're just uh, not only aware of it yourself, but that you're maybe repeating that back to your customers. Yeah. So, you know, you might be saying, okay, so what you need is a cash flow forecast. The reason for that is you'll have a better understanding of what's coming in and what's going out and it'll, you know, that's going to make yep. you sleep better at night. And yeah. sleep better at night, that's yeah. exactly right. But it's so, you know, you're so true. If you, if as a business owner, if we look for the value of our work, um, of course that's going to allow us to potentially charge more for it, but also as business owners to feel more confident that we are worth what we charge. Because as you, we both know, 
you know, some businesses do struggle with, am I worth that? You know, what am I worth? Yeah. You know, you must come across that with some of your smaller business clients. Yes, all the time. Mm. And, and, and myself, you know, part of what we do, uh, we do so we can earn money. But a big part of what we do is the, the joy of working with a client and actually, mm. um, you know, sort of getting the thank yous or, or you know, just seeing the client, um, their, their situation change. We've had clients, I've had clients in my office uh, in tears of frustration and, mm. and desperation. I've also had tears, actually, of gratitude. That of sounds joy. Bit, that yes. sounds a bit sort of, you know, um, a bit up myself. But, you know, <laughs> literally I've had clients in the office just, you know, sort of crying that they're now in such a sense of relief yes. that this issue has been fixed. And, and they can see... Well, there's some value right forward. there, isn't yeah, there? absolutely. Not quite sure how you price that one, but, you know. <laughs> but so when you come to... Um, maybe let's just, just hold, on, hold on that topic of, uh, of value-based pricing again. And you talk about communication. If we look at, just for a moment at new clients, uh, and I'm thinking again, perhaps of your example, how how do you emphasise value, say in your proposals or in your pitches in the early days? Is that something you're very conscious of? Mm, very much so. Mm. Um, we, we typically do that through a, a, a couple of things. Um, first, we almost always work with fixed fee. So we'll talk okay. about the service we deliver, the solution we deliver, and here is the cost to the client, and that will usually be as a monthly cost. So we don't okay. say this is X dollars per, per hour, because no. then the client's going, well, what will it cost me? Yes. So it's it's almost always fixed fee. Mm. Um, that means we have to give a defined scope. So we say it yeah. includes the following things, it doesn't include these other things. So yeah. You yeah. Know, so we don't suddenly end up doing you know, three times as much work for the, for the same price. Yeah. Um, but we then give the client options. We can do this, or we can do this, plus another bit, or you know, whatever. So we're, we're allowing the client to build their own package of the yeah. service that they need. Um, and, uh, and that allows us to focus not on the number of hours it takes, but on the output, on, on the outcome. So yes. delivering the outcome the client needs, and that's a combination of fulfilling their obligations to the ATO, which yep, is sure. the primary one, yep. but also then saying, hey, look, you've got all this information in your accounts, let's deliver some information to you. Mm. Which clients are you making profit on? Which services or products you make profit on? What's your cash flow like? And so yep, how, can you, sure. how can you, what can you do in your business tomorrow that will improve the financial performance of the business compared to where it was yeah, yesterday? Okay. And so again, if we think of um, the person that we hope is currently mowing your lawn as we're speaking, Presumably, then, for someone like that, um, you know, that person would be saying, "Reese, I'm going to make your garden look beautiful. I'm going to mow the lawn. I'm going to do the hedgerows. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to come once a fortnight. I'm going to charge you X to maintain your garden." You know, in that person, I'm making this up, but might be saying, "In the summer months, I'll come yep. more frequently. In the winter months, I'll." You know, so it's easy to see in that sort of scenario the whole notion of a package, yep. which is what you're talking about. Yep. Do you find that within your work with your again with your clients, do you see a number of businesses that are sort of alarmingly still working on the hourly rate model? And if so, do you try and nudge them away from that? Yeah, we see a few clients um, working on that model. We see a lot more competitors. We often have clients come to us um, who've come to us because their existing service provider is charging an hourly rate. And, and at some point, there's been a horror bill. There's been a bill which is suddenly okay. you know, three times... I wasn't the expecting that. Yeah, okay. And, and, and you know, frankly, quite often, that horror bill is due to the behaviour of the client. They're not communicating back with their service provider properly. And it's a two-way communication. And at some point... There's something. All this big backlog of work happens, 
and the client gets charged for it, and they're horrified. Yeah, yes. uh, and that's just a lack of communication between the two parties. We will then try to overcome that by saying, look, here's the fixed fee, this is what's included. Yeah. One month we might spend more time than another month. <coughs> Absolutely. Yes. And we, we always have, we, you know, we run all our internal timesheets, we do that just for internal measurement purposes, we don't, yep. it's not for charging clients. Mm. And there will be spikes, there will be clients, where, m months where we look at a client and go, wow, we, way yeah. over budget there. But hopefully that will come back to the average you know, yeah. Isn't that interesting? And it's so, it seems to me so common that people that are, that are still, and clearly there, I guess there are some businesses where the hourly rate kind of still has to, to exist to, to be competitive in some spaces. Probably, yes. But um, hopefully less and less. But, um, you know, whether they're, uh, that point that you raised there that is quite a surprising one, perhaps, to some people listening, is that the hourly rate can have this really kind of scare factor in it yeah, where suddenly yeah. people go, oof, you know, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Whereas, it, it, as you say, if you're talking packages and you're talking, you know, very strongly emphasizing the outcomes of the work you do, yeah. no one's doubting what's being done and we can all take our eyes off that yeah. sort of stuff, which yeah. is, is so key. And, and I get a reminder of that, you know, fairly regularly. Uh, we will then go out and tender various services into our business, right? Now, right now we've got um, somebody doing some marketing for us. Yeah. And you know, had a conversation with a couple of service providers who were quoting hourly rates, and somebody else came along and quoted me a package, and I had a few discussions about, well, can we exclude that bit or change this bit? Um, and I ultimately ended up with a package that I was happy with and mm. an overall price I'm mm. happy with. And I'm now just getting a monthly fee yeah. and getting the service I want. Yeah, isn't that so much? I mean, I think recently of um, actually not that recently, it's about a year ago. Uh, I was um, talking with a personal trainer, and you know the language of personal trainers is often, you know, you come and have uh, you know two classes a week is ideal for you or something. It'll cost you X dollars per class. Which is, you know, I think, okay, so I'm going to be there for an hour. So there's an hourly rate that's easy to calculate, as opposed to a person I ended up with where they said, okay, what should, you know, they really spent time talking to me about what my goal was, and my goal was to you know, lose a little bit of weight, quite honestly, and, uh, and just, you know, get myself a bit trimmer. And I said, okay, well, that's your goal, then let's look at, you know, I'll give you a program that will be exercise, I'll yep. give you some tips on diet, um, I'll do this, I'll do that, um, we'll work together over a period of three months and this is your fee. And it's like, whoa, you know, there's kind of lots of value add in there, there's dietary advice, there's, I get the sense that I could talk to this person at any time if things weren't going the right way. And I felt that I was being taken care of yep. as opposed to being just another number that turns up on a Tuesday sure. morning for half an hour. Sure. You know. And, and at the end of that, did you find that you went back and sort of thought about how many hours service you'd got? Did you do a, a sort of a Look, I, I'll be honest with you. At the beginning, I sort of did a little bit of a calculation just because, you know, because I suppose I've been in the freelance world. I just want to get some rough idea yeah. how long there might be taking kind of help doing that. Um, but then, no, I didn't. No. I wasn't interested. It was, not, it was neither here nor there. Right, because for you then, presumably, it became about the output, about the, the results rather than... Totally. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. it was absolutely uh, And we, we will have that conversation with our clients quite frequently, mm. but it's, I was really interested in your input there, because when you're asking a client, it's a, there's a different relationship, there's a dynamic within the relationship. Mm. I'm not saying my clients lie to me, but they don't, <laughs> there's, there's an incentive them for them to give a particular type of answer. Yes. So I was really interested in your response yes. there. Yeah, and I bet, you know, with you and the, and the clients that you have, 
I'll wager there will be some that are thinking, possibly even as we're speaking, I need to get Reese's opinion on this. You know, and if you're on an hourly rate thing, you think, oh, a minute, I do that, you know. Whereas that's not the relationship you no, have. So, no. you know, I'm sure that, that sort of we, thing. We, we have clients phone up all the time and saying, can I run this by you? Can I get your input on this? Mm. And if it's, a, um, if it's part of the scope of the project, there's never an extra charge. If it's a weird, out of left field question, there's not a question, there's not a charge for that either. We'll just say, look, you know, here's a five minute, you know, sort of off sure. the cuff thought. If they then need us to do a larger chunk of work, we'll say, we can quote you for that either yes. as a fixed fee very occasionally in an hourly rate if it's a very you know unquantifiable project but again usually it's a it's just a, a fixed scope and a fixed fee yeah okay um let's just look a little bit further if i can into this this whole again continuing on to with on this theme of value um as a as, you know to a, a business owner where and how do they if you like, find extra areas of value. How do we do that? You know, so we've got a business, we're thinking, okay, I want to ideally sell a little bit more to the people I've got. How do they go about that, do you think? Yeah, I think the first thing is understanding what the client, what the client wants. Sure. So some clients want to um, increase their revenue. Some clients want to keep the same revenue and do less work. They'd like to have you know, every second uh, you know, uh, afternoon off or whatever, or be able to finish early to pick up the kids or you know, have other, um, other goals in life. Yep. Um, some people would like to be focusing on more interesting areas of work. They're quite happy mm -hmm. with the revenue, but there's some of the work they're doing they're a bit bored with, mm -hmm. and they'd like to just shift the focus slightly. So you know, we can provide different services into those clients in terms of the, the, the sort of the back office support for them. Yeah. Um, and just sometimes it's, it's a pure sort of uh, you know, bookkeeping and accounting role. Other times we're acting as a standing board. Um, but through myself and particularly Helen and Glenn and my team, yeah. we've you know, got lots of business experience. So each of us have been you know, in financial controller or CFO roles for you know, 30, oh, well, 40 years yeah. or whatever. And, uh, well, not, not those same roles that long, yeah. but you know, a, a fairly, fairly broad range of business experience. Um, and, can, and can actually add a lot of um, useful comment to many of the clients we work with. Yeah, okay. So, and again, presumably as a business, you know, and I know you have, you have a team within your business, you're presumably seeing and hearing kind of um, common themes like, oh, okay, we have a group of people that are interested in learning more about superannuation or retirement or about, um, you know, investing in properties. So, Presumably by looking and listening to those things, that says, okay, why don't we run a, a product or so, an event or a... So we will run them, and just a, a recent example, because it's current legislation, um, we've got this single-touch payroll legislation happening throughout Australia right yes. now, and that's impacting larger or up to organisations with 20 or more staff currently, and that's going to be rolled out for everybody within the next uh, 12 months or so. Um, and we've run a number of seminars on that, which is mm. advertising mm. to our clients and, and more generally, and had people in this room and just sat down and, and had a you know sort of a presentation about what this means and mm. how you need to prepare and so is that so something on. that do you do that as a value add? I mean, presumably, yep. yeah, yep. no, there's no no charge to that. It's just no. a straight value add to existing clients. It's a yeah. it's 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 marketing to new you know, prospective clients. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, but isn't that a lovely way to to add value? And I think you know any business, if if we go back, if we trawl back through our you know, our email inboxes, what yeah. are the questions that people are asking me? Yeah. What are the things that people always want to know in the contact forms on our website? That will so often point to something 
that you know a need out there, as you as yeah. you rightly said, that we can satisfy. The minute we start to satisfy, we're adding value. The minute we add value, you know, we can charge for that value. Yeah. And I also love um, organising events like that because there's you know tens of thousands of people running small businesses, um, often you know reasonably isolated. They're you know running them without very much support. And you run an event of that sort, and suddenly you get you know a dozen or twenty people in a room together, and lots of them are having similar issues, and mm. people start talking to each other. You know, mm. we don't know all the answers, but lots of our clients will bring really good um, advice or information or, or experiences into those meetings, and and people just freely exchange ideas. And yeah, it's great. I love being in you know a part of a, a sort of community like that. It's Absolutely, great. and then, then they all leave, and as they leave, they're all saying, "Oh, recent yeah. nice guy, isn't he?" <laughs> <laughs> Can't be bad for business. All right, let's just take a little pause there for a sec. This is probably a good point to remind you that if you own a business, ANZ could help ease your cash flow pressures with flexible solutions like a business overdraft. Applications for credit subject to ANZ's normal credit approval criteria. For details, just search ANZ Business. Okay, so. Uh, Reese, another area I think to look at, you know, we know we have um, among our community a, a number of people that are very much kind of pitching for work. So we're talking about new business here more so than existing clients, but are pitching uh, where they've got a lot of other people pitching as well. And yeah. they have a tendency, you know, to think, oh, if I'm going to get this business, I've got to be the cheapest. You know, right. what, what's your thought on that? Yeah, that could be a really dreadful temptation. We, we see that all the time, that that sort of whole race to the bottom approach of, of people providing progressively lower and lower um, you know, quotes for, for work. Um, and in the market sector we're in, that's particularly prevalent because a lot of organisations will outsource. They'll go and yeah. uh, offshore the work and they're actually providing booking or accounting services sourced out of lower cost environments, whether it's the Philippines or India or, or wherever. Sure. Um, where there's you know, people with great skill sets and, and they, you know, they can do the work very well. Um, but you, perhaps the client doesn't have that um, same level of communication uh, sure. with, with somebody local. But more importantly, the work itself is being, is being uh, proposed on the basis of price. Yes. rather than on the basis of what, what the job is and what the value is that you can add. Mm. Um, that strikes me as a really you know, slippery slope. Of view. It, well, as once, you said, a race to the bottom. Once, that's right. Once you start down that path, mm. it's, you know, it, it just becomes um, a never-ending you know, chase that um, there's always someone out there cheaper than you are. Yeah, but, so how, but you know, again, imagine, um, I mean, you say it, it comes across you in your industry now, but you're clearly confident and established enough that you just don't get involved in that race. But to someone who thinks that's their only option, what do you say to them? I, th I think you have to be really clear about what it is that you do and good at what you do. If you're not very good, then you don't have much else left to do but compete on price. And that's mm. a difficult position to be in. And if you're in that position, you need to think carefully about what your business is. Do you need to do something different? Do you yeah. need to to perhaps work for someone else for a little while to build your skill set? Do you need to do some training? Whatever. But at some point, you need to get to the point where you are comfortable that the service or product you're offering to your clients is of a, a really excellent quality. Yes. And at that point, the client can look at the, at the service you're delivering and they'll look at the outcome and not at the price. If you're just yeah. offering a, a generic commoditized service with nothing to differentiate you from anywhere else, there's not much left to differentiate on other than the dollars. Yeah, well that's so true, isn't it? And I guess, so really what you're saying is, is kind of um, 
get out of that uh, group. You know, if you're if you're alongside a lot of other people that are uh, in this kind of price fighting, this yep. race to the bottom, put yourself in a different race. Yes, get, so, so. And, and that can be looking, as you said, looking at your value. What is it that you yep. do? Who do you do it for? So I guess that's all about you know niching and specialization. That's and that sort of exactly right. But to go, yes. So if you're mm. if you're providing, let's just use the bookkeeping industry um, for, a sec- for a second as a, as a specific example. Yeah. Um, if you're providing bookkeeping services and you've got a range of a dozen or twenty, or whatever it is, clients, and they're all in different industries, you know, find an industry niche in there somewhere that you really like working with. Build your skills in the industry. Try and get referrals to other clients in that same sector, and progressively try to focus in on one or two niches, um, and and be really good at them. Build a mm. reputation. You'll get referrals from existing clients. I know someone else who is doing something similar. You know, I refer you into that client. Yeah. Um, and and because you're building expertise, you're getting a referral in. This person is great at doing my books in this sector. Th- those new referrals will be more interested in you and the service you deliver, mm. and less interested in price. Yes. So that's the first thing: is building yes. that be, the, be the specialist, the expert. Yeah. And and the second thing that comes off that is once you've built that expertise and that reputation, is being confident that that's happened and pricing accordingly. Yeah. Once, once you've built expertise, don't still price yourself as though you're a commodity because that's uh, you know, not, yes. not, not uh, benefiting you at all. No, it's not. It's like um, going into a B&W showroom and, and buying a little tinny van or something. Yes. It's just kind yeah, of, you wouldn't right. expect it. Yeah. Not sure or ex- or ex- at least expecting the BMW at the price of the little tinny van. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, look, that, I think that's, a, that's, a, that's such a valid point. And I guess it's part of it, I suppose, is is deciding um, the kind of the playing field in which you play, you know. So if you are um, on a, uh, you know, I won't go into listing them all, but it, one of those sites that is, um, you know, looking at that's full of freelancers, or yeah. you know, is 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 that the right place for you? You know, if you're if you're in the place where people are shopping on price. Then maybe that's not where you should be. No, that's right. We, we don't advertise any of those sorts of sites no, because, for that exact reason. Yeah. Um, if, if someone um, picks up the phone and says to me, "I'm looking for some services," and their very first question is, "What's the price?" Mm. I'm uh, I'm sort of already halfway to, yeah. you know, not being particularly inclined mm. to work with them. I, I will then give them all the spiel and talk to them about yeah. the service we offer and the value we add, and what we can do for them. Before I come back to price. Yeah. Yes. Quite right. Uh, and, and then if they say I've got someone cheaper, I'll look. Yeah. I'll again try to explain the benefit of what we do and why yes. it's worth considering yes. our service. But if ultimately all they want is lowest price, I, I, I'm not prepared to. No, I think of it. Compete. I often think of it in terms of um, sort of medical specialists. You know, if I've got um, if I've got something severe that I want operated on. I, w- I want the best person. Yes. <laughs> I want the person who's going to specialise. I don't want someone who can do it a bit cheaper, yep. um, and maybe hasn't had so much experience. Yep. You know, if if it's an ankle, <laughs> I don't want a guy that did you know fingers last week and ears and right. nose and and there's who says, have, having a stab at ankles. <laughs> who says I've never done one of these before? Yeah, but it looks like a good price. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a look on YouTube. It looks pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now that, uh, and look, the whole sort of specialist topic. Yep. That you know, that's a big topic. But I think it's such a such. A and, good point. and the flip side of that, of you know, of, of someone specialising in a niche and then and then charging a higher rate. Again, this is about delivering value to clients. Yeah. Even though you're charging a higher rate, because you're delivering with a higher level of expertise, the client is still getting value. Yeah. You're delivering a great outcome to them. You can often do the job quicker. 
you can um, perhaps deliver a, a more tailored, more specific outcome for them. And the fact that um, they're, they're paying a little bit more for that, mm. you win, but the client still is, is winning as well. Yeah. Okay. On a slightly, um, let's look at it a different way. You, um, before we started recording, you were, you were, you were giving me an example um, of someone you were working with who's kind of quoted you and you had one person that had quoted you at the fixed fee model that we we're talking about and someone who quoted you hourly rates. Marketing, actually. And yep. In fact, we, it was during No, it was in the recording, yes. It was, it was. Yep. Um, and and you mentioned there then that what you did at some point is you said well maybe I don't need that bit I don't need that bit so what how would you respond um, if you're a business owner and someone and you've gone into this this uh, value-based pricing and somebody says can you do it for less you know how, what's your response to that um, I'll, I'll talk about some options about the service yeah. we deliver yes um, Okay. Depending on the business, I mean, there's certainly some business that we do for much less. So we, we've got a couple of, of not-for-profits that I yes, sure. particularly like what they do, and we offer them a, um, a good price, or there's one we do pro bono because, yeah. again, I like what they do. It aligns with your values. Yep, it's, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep. Um, but by and large, if a client is running a, um, a commercial organisation uh, and you know they're obviously running a business for all sorts of motivations, but one of those is to make money, then the way in which they, they need to make money is by you know the way that they deliver services and goods to their clients, sure. not by reducing their costs and, and getting yes, you yes. Know, freebies for the one for the yeah, okay. off, off their suppliers. Yeah. Um, and so I, I would have a conversation with that client about you know how can we redress, uh, realign this service uh, so that it's at a price point that 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 meet that you can afford yeah. and that adds value to you. Um, and that might be well, you know, um, you know, you can do some of this work internally. Yes, okay. We can perhaps put in some systems and processes, and if you follow those really well, that will bring yeah. the cost down. Yeah. Um, that to me, right now, that's one of the biggest ones. There are so many great tools with obviously cloud accounting, with you know, automated data entry for accounts payable invoices, with bank feeds, with you know, all the sort of time and attendance mm. apps available from, for yeah. pay, uh, payroll that just drive the cost down. Sure. And so if you can then encourage the client to say, okay, well, well, we'll put this process in place and as long as you follow it well, that will then reduce the, the time we require um, and we can pass that benefit on yeah. to you. Yeah, well, look, that's, that, uh, I hope that was, <laughs> the, I was pretty sure that would be the kind of response you give. So what, what you're saying is you're not going to go, yes, okay, I'll knock you know, two thousand dollars off that no, at all? No. You're saying let's have a look at what we can take out of that. Yep. Let's look at what maybe you can do that we don't yep. need to do. And again, that's the joy of of this value based pricing model, isn't it? Is that you can say, look, if 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 you can't afford that, then let's look at yes, repackaging <laughs> something in a way that you can afford. But at no time yep. is there a, is are you into that situation. Which can happen in hourly rates, where somebody says, "Well, you're quoting me $150 an hour. Someone down the road is doing it for $90 an hour. You know, what are you going to do?" Yeah, and it's a very that's a hard, a hard uh, discussion to have yeah. because you either walk away or you drop your prices. Again, it's as you said, it's but, the race the, to the bottom. But the package approach is, makes much more sense. Absolutely. Again, going back to your example, let's go about going to a BMW garage. Yeah, and I've got my eye on a Series Five, but I can't quite afford it. Yeah, and hey, there's a Series Three here. Yeah, and and that might be more in my 
Yes, or well, forget the metallic paint and yeah, the exactly, leather trim. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll take the tinny van in the corner, thanks very much. <laughs> yes. I'd be very happy with that. <laughs> All right, well, look, um, Rhys Roberts from Ridicity, it's been wonderful to spend time with you again. Thank you. Uh, if we want to find out more about your work, we head to viridity.com.au. Absolutely. And uh, thank you so much. And, um, yeah. Pleasure was always. Sharing thank you. your expertise with us. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much. Before we leave you, thanks so much for joining us for this special three-part series brought to you by ANZ. If you own a business, ANZ could help ease your cash flow pressures with flexible solutions like a business overdraft, applications for credit subject to ANZ's normal credit approval criteria. For details, just search ANZ Business. To catch the other episodes in the series and get more business advice, head to flyingsolo.com.au forward slash ANZ business. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.